Hey everybody, welcome to the 5 for 5 podcast. My name is Panchito and as always, I am joined by the homie Mike. How's it going, Mike? Happy to be here, folks. How you been, man? I've been doing alright. I'm excited about this one. This is episode 15, the end of our first season. The big one, five. Uh, we do have a finale and we've got some information about that coming up at the end of the show. But we do want everybody to know that we are excited about this and earning our pointless points right right but the journey through history man it's priceless that's right so we did tally all the points from this last five year period and we also put it out for a vote and the vote was to see who won the season who do you think won the season mike i don't know man i i'm feeling a little shaky about my performance on this season i felt like you were bringing the heat well here's what happened we already looked into it. we already have all the info and we had a vote of exactly 243,612 total votes exactly that many exactly that many and you're not gonna believe this mike it was a tie what yeah that's right incredible you, yes you and i each got 121,806 votes which means we are going to have to split the time for our last story. Well, luckily, I came prepared for that. Yeah, as everybody knows, the award for winning the five-year span is that you get to tell the fifth story. But since it's a tie, we're going to tell two tiny little stories and get double the fun into this final episode of the season. You ready for it, Mike? I'm ready if you are, man. All right, well, let's get into it right after this. <music> Okay, Mike, let's get it going. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see. What did you bring? So this story comes from the Oxnard Press Courier back in May of 1992. Oxnard, California, huh? Yeah, man. Back in the 805 for any of our California listeners. What do you know? The title of this article is Pie in Face Equals No Prom Night. I am not mad at that. I'm already liking the story. Los Angeles. A teenager was tossed out of school for throwing a pie in the face of a vice principal during a cream the bosses seniors event. Vice principal Nancy Delgado wasn't a participant. I figured she'd be able to laugh about it. I figured she would wipe it off and life would go on, said Mario RC, age 17, who was suspended for three days in order to finish his senior year at another school. What? Yeah, what? right? So they were kind of piling on the punishments. Basically, folks, what this article goes on to say was this kid who goes and takes a pie and shoves it in his vice principal's face, basically, um, goes on to be able to make a compromise with the school. So the compromise was... That he's able to actually stay in school, not be expelled. Uh, however, he couldn't go to the senior prom in lieu of throwing a pie in the face of the VP. The senior prom's a big deal, though. That's kind of important. He's going to miss out on it. And they, they pointed that out. They basically said, look, you can either walk in graduation and stay here and be a student, or you cannot. Okay. Based on the article, he did he did go ahead. And he negotiated his way. He out negotiated of it. his way out of it. He did go ahead and miss senior prom, but he was able to walk. You know, the event's kind of called for them to be throwing pies at faculty, though, right? <laughs> right. It's kind of it kind of is part of the whole event, right? I mean, if the the vice principal's not going to be involved because that's what happened, right? Yeah. Then maybe they should have come up with some kind of system like, hey. You know, faculty wearing a little red ribbon. Don't throw a pie at him. Sounds like a sounds like a hater, to be honest with you. As pranks go in the 90s, though, this was kind of light, right? I, I would say. 
I mean, because the 90s, I feel like, was kind of like the last decade of like the senior prank and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, it definitely was. The the cheesy high school movie stuff was was last seen in the 90s, I feel like. Yeah, Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, that I'm mean, that's the first movie that comes to mind, but there it wasn't about pranks. I guess it was kind of a love story or a crush story, but yeah. the pranks in there and that kind of stuff that happened, right? The things going on at that party and all of that. That was sort of like the last big bang for high school anyways, because, you know, we had the big, huge high school movies in the 80s. Massive, right? Yeah. Fast Times, Ridgemont High, The Breakfast Club, things like that. Like the party on Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty epic, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, those kids were going big with it. And the 90s really did. You're right. I think that the 90s kind of closed out that era of teenage antics. I went to high school in the early 2000s. And I can definitely tell you that we weren't doing anything to the degree of already what was happening like in the 90s. Like there was some of it, but right, yeah. it was already dying off. I can say that my class and the class right before us, uh, they were considered troublemakers by the class after us. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a small school, so we were probably having more fun than than uh, we probably should have had. I, you know, to for my school, it's probably different. We were really overcrowded in my school. Right, yeah. You know, we had like 5,000 kids. So the hijinks would have had to been like everybody's on the same boat, or you could really pick out the kids that would have pulled those pranks. Definitely true. Um, nobody was on the same page. It was very, very difficult to get, you know, people all in on something together. Clicks. Clicks were very much a thing. Absolutely. So then you think there was like a click thing going on with this? You think this was like a group of pranksters? Yeah, I definitely think there was a group of pranksters. And I think there's definitely a group of kids who were involved or many or some groups of kids, I should say. This kid got dared. But this kid got dared for sure. Yeah, they 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 knew she wasn't involved. I think that kid could have been you. No, no, I wouldn't do that. No? No. I'd be an instigator for sure, but yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't actually, you know, pull the trigger on the pie. Cause do you think you would have been the guy who, like, would have contributed to talking in that guy into doing that? Oh, are you kidding me? I was a salesman in high school. I Love couldn't it. get anybody to do anything. Yeah, I was very much the same kind of guy. Yeah, I, I would take it on as a personal challenge, Mike. Can I get this guy to do this ridiculous thing? Oh, and the victory once they would do it. Oh, definitely. What's nice is you don't have to take responsibility for it. Either. Right, because you weren't the one who did it. Yeah, I didn't actually throw the pie, guys. To a degree, there's built-in indemnification to being the hype man. Right, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I love being that guy. Yeah, it's hype law. Hype law 101. Well, according to the laws of the show, it is now my turn to take my half of the winnings. And tell my short story. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I think it's time for you to break it down. This story comes to us from Downers Grove, Illinois in 1995. And it is titled, Science Fair Winners End Up Losers. You know the agony of defeat? Try the vexation of victory. The Avery Coonley School was banned for two years from winning team honors at the Illinois State Science Fair because it wins too often. We have decided to give other schools an opportunity to win, said Janine Petrick, president of the Illinois Junior Academy of Science, sponsors of the event. The private school's team won its fourth straight title last weekend, but will be ineligible from taking team honors until 1997. 
students are still eligible for individual honors. What do you think about that? I hate that. Yeah, so it goes on, and basically it says that this school that keeps winning, uh, they go out of their way to recruit students that have an IQ of at least 120. And so because of this, these students are inclined to enter into these science fairs and then they win. They win the all school. And so to give the other schools in Chicago a chance, the sponsors of the event, you know, they this is the solution they came up with. So you mean to tell me we have a school that has a winning spirit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They want to go out of their way to recruit the smartest kids that they possibly can. Right. Maybe provide a school that that fosters an education that makes these kids want to actually be students there, right? Right. And let's go ahead and disincentivize their uh, progression in the sciences right. by disqualifying them from competition. Yeah, the school learned how to fix the thing, right? They learned how to fix the game. And there's no rule against it. Right. So they basically came up with this way of blocking their award-winning initiative. What's disheartening in all this is, is I don't think anybody thought to think about what impression this leaves on the children. If, if I'm a kid, let's say, for example, I was one of the winning kids. Right. The message being told to me is there is a cap on how well you can do. Right. You can be anything you want. Caveat. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Caveat. So long as you're on everybody's good side or you're not disagreeing with these people or you're not looking certain people, making people look like a certain way. You know right. what I'm saying? You're, you're going to begin to start adding all sorts of asterisks to uh, people's hopes and dreams. Yeah. This is one of those situations where everything before the butt doesn't matter. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right. So the reason I thought this was special to the 90s is because this is kind of like a slippery slope thing for me. Like right. these people were having this issue, not realizing you know, that they were sort of on the cusp of some bigger messes that sure. we deal with now. Oh, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It also harkens on the fact that this is part of that whole PC culture, right? Right. We this being... was That's what I'm getting at. This was right on the edge of trophy culture. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the 90s is the breeding ground of that culture. Right. You know, that, That's not necessarily where it took flight. No. No. But they were they were headed down that road. Yeah. I think the closest I could come to that when I was little was like that everybody got a bag at the party. Right. And so like even the kids who didn't manage to get piñata candy, they still at least got their bag candy. I remember once getting snacks at the end of one of my one of the games that I played, uh, a baseball game. Sure. And I remember thinking to myself, we didn't win. Why am I getting snacks? I mean, I'm not questioning. This is great. I love the snack. Sure. But why am I getting the snack? Why Why would you treat me? Right. I did. I failed to produce. <laughs> I like that. Failed to produce. <laughs> I failed to produce victory. Right. Yeah. The goal was victory. I fell shy. Yeah. And like, look, I understand how callous that appears on the surface, but we have to we have to think big picture. Right. What does that teach the individual in the long run? I can I can call out of work and still think that I can be promoted. I feel like these people could have gotten so much more creative with the solution. I agree with you 100%. Like, why couldn't they have added another category? It's so funny. You say another category, and I was thinking a separate division. Yeah, yeah. Same thing, right? It's the same thing. Like, this school is now, like, an an elite school, essentially, right? Agreed. Why? I mean, look, you you mentioned that this school, this, this, we'll call it the victory school. Right. That this victory school... Uh, prospected kids based on IQ. Right. So that tells me that the very subject of IQ 
is something that these schools aren't averse to even discussing in the first place. I mean, generally speaking. So yeah. here's, here's my point. Why don't we just pit IQs against one another? You know what I'm saying? Just if you like have, you said, add a division, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like this, these kids are in the 120 plus division. Yeah. These kids are in the one in the 100 division. You know what I'm saying? Like just like we do with automotive competitions, right? Right. Yeah, their lack of creativity is what's really stifling everybody. 100. percent It is a lack of creativity. I think that there there could have been a lot more thinking in the very beginning. We could have definitely planned for some super smart kids and kept everybody included i think if the these science fair sponsors were in a science fair sponsor competition they would not be the winners two years in a row no they definitely wouldn't because this is this is kind of sad like you know these kids are trying and they just get kind of like sideswiped by this issue because they don't know how to manage it yeah like i think in in it's funny because i'm already starting to begin to think about the modern context of what would happen if something like this would have happened today right yeah but outrage i think is something that even back then would have probably should have presented itself right yeah i think we dealt a lot with that in this five-year span so it'll be interesting to kind of go back and review everything we talked about in these last five episodes and maybe kind of get like a helicopter type view of what we saw are you into that oh definitely all right we will do it right after this all right Hello everyone, my name is Christian, algunos me conocen como Big Cat, and I'm super excited to announce my podcast, Hunting for Éxito. The show features a special guest every week who has become successful in one way or another. Whoever they might be, my guests will always have good advice to give, because at one point they were hunting for éxito too. I will invite them to share the stories of their hunt, así podemos capturar el éxito también para nosotros. Hunting for Éxito is about éxito, real talk with real people who really made it. It's starting real soon, and episodes will be available to download every Thursday. No se los pueden perder. And remember to follow us at Swerk Media, Z-W-E-R-C Media. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Okay, everybody, it's time to get into the second half of episode 15, and I'm looking forward, Mike, to reviewing all of the episodes from this time span. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that we talked about, some really funny stories. Definitely. So the first one we talked about was episode 11. Right. And it was about Prince. Yeah, the Prince Prince article. His name change. Right. So what was the, the scheming on that one? What was the breakdown? Basically, in 1993, Prince decided to not only quit new power generation but also change his name to a symbol we established really well in that episode that i'm a prince fan and so it was really cool for me to kind of go back and talk about that but the big tie-in with that one into modern era had to really do with like identity right yeah uh identity and and uh the self-commoditization yeah right like taking something nowadays like a handle or something and turning that into something that you can create revenue with right like uh think of that guy twitch ninja that that gamer you know what i'm talking about like this guy he took an online handle and now mm-hmm. the guy makes millions nicknames 
things like that, you know, hashtags. Right. All of that stuff gets sort of related to like what happened with Prince and his ability to have the force, I, I guess you could say, to like turn himself into an entity. Yes. Uh, the, the ability to show the world that he was bigger than the art that he produced. Right. Yeah. Or that what he produced was a thing in right. and of itself. Exactly. Yeah. So like valuation from a bunch of different perspectives all revolving around this iconography. Exactly. He he produced iconography and to encapsulate or try to encapsulate what he thought he was. Right. And you had mentioned something that we had discussed in that podcast about him knowing and having a really firm idea of what his place was in the maelstrom. Yeah. Of being an artist. And, and I really do agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I took it a step further and said he wanted us to figure it out. I mean, think about how much uh, conversation it incited between the two of us trying to really what it meant to each one of us. Yeah, that had a lot of off-air conversation for sure. Which is great. In the end, folks, it was a journey that was entirely different for him and for me. And it was priceless. And it was priceless. Yeah. And musical. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, episode 12 came after that, and I brought that one, and it was about calls. Yeah. Phone calls. Telephony. Always Uh, a good topic, man. This one was about attempted fraudulent phone calls, right? That's right. Uh, They were being made on the part of uh, sheriff's department, and they were actually allowed to do this, but they were misrepresenting themselves. Right. There's high-pressure tactics being utilized on the phone. That one was a really cool conversation because we even got into like some side note stuff that was really cool to point out like the whole mall thing with yep. the win a car boxes and all of that exactly how did you feel about the whole premise of like that being sort of a good example of a starting point where we were just like really leveraging data to like attack people with a sale the thing that i like about talking about that was it was a great intro into something that is uh an ever-growing thing i described it as an, like an all-out war mm-hmm. on our information so what started as something as innocent as filling out a card in a mall in the hopes of winning a Plymouth Prowler has turned into all of this information that's distracted uh, extracted about you based on a single click. Transitioned into it or devolved into it? How I'd say feel? transitioned into it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not devolved. A devolution would indicate that something um, less sophisticated, in my opinion, is going on. Or that it only worsened, like it only became calamitous or something. Right, right. right. And if anything, it's actually only become more refined, sophisticated, and far more profitable. Yeah, definitely. Well, the next story that we talked about was also a really interesting one, and it took us down a completely different vein because it was about, like, rights and things like that. And that one had to do with the grass. Oh, yeah. Mr. Goldstein. The overgrown lawn. Yeah, he was fighting for his right, apparently, not to mow that lawn. In creative ways. I mean, the guy was claiming that he was sick to his stomach or that he would get sick to his stomach when he would try and actually go out and cut the, cut the lawn. Yeah, and he was blaming beliefs, right, that right. he had developed from reading a book and everything. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I really, deep down, I don't think he, he was really buying his own story. Right, he had the buy-in that he needed to have to get what he wanted done, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was about what he wanted to promulgate. Yeah. And that was the fact that he was right no matter what he thought the city of Madison felt. And that got us into the me, 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 listen to me. Here I am. Yeah. Self-promotion. This is what I, this is what I'm about. And yeah. You're either in or you're out. Right. Well, speaking of in or out, we also talked about my story on the last episode, which had to do with money in and out of a 
of a bank account. I love that one. Yeah, I, I knew you would. It had, that had a lot of tech. Well, you know, it, it's yes. To be fair, it was the tech. But honestly, it was just the dream come true aspect of it. Like, a lot of folks have probably dreamt this. Right. What was really cool about this article is that it definitely did leave us with some questions. Right. What I, what happened with that $4 million in cash? Did he get his CDU? Were there repercussions to him negatively? Right, yeah. What consequences did the bank suffer? But, I mean, they committed this error. They gave him the credit or whatever. And then so he pulls out the money. And we said that right up until he decides to pull out the money, that it's pretty much not his fault, right? Exactly. He he was pretty much completely scot-free up until he took out $4 million bucks that he definitely didn't have before. Yeah. In the end, though, I felt like there was some, there had to have been some kind of recourse, even back then. Yeah. But even with all that juiciness, the technology was fun in that one, right? It's great because I love the title of this episode, Accidental Treasure Machine. Pretty much, yeah. And, and that really does fit what happened to this guy. Well, that's, you know, I like the title uh, to be exactly that because I know that he didn't pull the money out of the ATM because it's $8 million, right? Right, exactly. exactly. He got it from the teller. But the ATM seems to be what was causing the problem here because it's creating a disconnect where, like, you know, he himself feels prompted to go to an automated device. Right. And the teller also prompts him to go to an automated teller device, device yeah. you know? And so since he's checking this and verifying this as his main source for his accountancy, it creates this gap when the bank itself, the actual brick and mortar building, isn't keeping up with what the ATM says. You know, the only thought I had that I neglected to bring up when we were discussing this was when the teller told the client to go to the ATM machine. Uh-huh. I was wondering if maybe that was like a phase in the bank, like an era in the bank where they were actually maybe considering that a teller might be phased out entirely and replaced by nothing but ATM machines. Yeah, well, this definitely made them sort of uh, double back a little bit, right? <laughs> like, wait, no, the human aspect might be necessary. Yeah, yeah. And what a crazy thing. We're going into 2020 and we're still using folks at the bank. Yeah, we still need people. Yeah, the human element is needed in quite a bit of things. Yeah, definitely. You can't get rid of that. But I'll tell you what, Mike, I would like to get into a little bit about what we can expect in the finale. I'm excited, man. All right, let's do it right after this. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. At Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody, we're back for the portion where we wrap up the show. Are you ready for this, Mike? Definitely. We do it a little different this time because usually we give out points. And we also usually talk about our next five-year span. Right. But the next episode coming up is the season finale. So we're going to do things a little bit different for that. Because it's the finale. What we're going to do, folks, is we are going to be having a roundtable discussion with a surprise Zwerk Media podcaster. Kind of a big deal. They're going to sit down with us and we're going to go over this whole first season with them and get some reaction from somebody who's not us. We'd like to share more of the ridiculousness. You know, we think our stuff is ridiculous and we definitely have fun doing it. But turns out a lot of other people think it's ridiculous, too. So we thought it'd be 
fun to have somebody come in and go over some of that ridiculousness with us. I'm ready, man. Well, we will definitely have fun. The surprise guest will be revealed on the intro of the finale episode, and you will be able to find it where you usually do on your favorite podcast app next Tuesday. Be ready. But until then, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media. That's right, folks. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Mike, thank you very much. I'm excited about the finale. I'll see you there. I'll be there, man. Thanks, Panchito. All right. Peace out.